Welcome to Pack Your Bags with Tui. This is a travel podcast where I speak to legends from the worlds of sport, food, science, entertainment and more to chat about their greatest travel adventures and misadventures and how these experiences have enriched their life. It's really simple. Over the episode, my guests must reveal their three items from their hand luggage that they take everywhere. It could be nostalgic mementos, practical accessories and I want to know the travel stories behind them. I'm also going to have a little nose at the passport. Yes, so I can shallowly mock the cheesy grin. But also, I want to know what a passport means to them. What's it unlocked for them? What does that stamp mean? What was it like when you went there? And to polish it all off, we'll end with a quick fire round to really put them in the hot seat. Today, I'm joined by presenter and nature lover, Julia Bradbury, who's fronted travel documentaries exploring everywhere from South Africa to Iceland. You are a globe trotter. Welcome, Julia, to Pack Your Bags with Tui. How are you doing today? Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here in your booth. Thank you. And yeah, I think we are going to have a we're going to have a problem narrowing down the locations and the destinations that we talk about today because I've been making travel programs for almost twenty five years. It wow. started. Uh, I think Wish You Were Here was the first series that I started working what on was for it ITV. Like? Because when I was younger, there's all used to jo- joke like, "Oh, imagine getting that job and being paid to go on holiday." Was mm. it as good as it looked? Well, it. It is obviously it's a fantastic job because you do get to see the world, but you are not going on holiday. I just want to point no. that out to people. I mean, you'll know this when yeah. you're filming. They're long days. Um, the schedules are long, and people still won't. They'll be going. Oh, I just. I, it doesn't matter. It sounds amazing, and it is. I've seen places and corners of the world that we'll talk about that I probably wouldn't have experienced. Mm. Um, so it is a wonderful experience, but it is very much. Mm. It's work, but it's great work. It's the layover day. I really go for it. When you get a little layover day. Oh, I that's lovely. We've well, got a morning off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or a day before the flight. All of that stuff is their little, their little bruisey bonuses. Anywhere you've been super recently, last month, couple of weeks, anywhere you're going super soon, anything you're looking forward to, what's coming up? Oh, we've just come back from Barbados. Oh, wow. Um, Dropping that in there. Yeah, Clang. sorry about that. Clang. Oh, it hadn't been for a, for a sunshine holiday for quite a while. And it was a real treat for me and the family. I needed to go and I just needed to do nothing apart from meditate, walk on the beach, do my breath work, get my light into my eyes and really rejuvenate. So we wanted to go somewhere. We've got friends uh, who were there and we just wanted to go somewhere that was easy and ha- they've got incredible beaches. It's come up a lot, Barbados, in this series. A lot. When it gets sort of uh, pigeonholed as this just sort of Caribbean sand destination where you just switch your brain up. But there's so much more to the place. Oh, it's a beautiful island and uh, yeah, there's, as you said, there's 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 a lot going on there and it's just very beautiful. Also, great food. I'm big into healthy food and we found plenty of places to go where we could eat local and organic food nice. and all that stuff. Yeah. And I hear you can go whining and grinding and dancing as well in a certain corner. So really I'm hoping well, to get out there new year. Got three ch- three young children so we weren't doing any of that. Although we did have a nice party on the beach one evening well, with all go. of them. Dance with the kids. It was nice. Now you are here to chat about your travel experiences and you have brought your three must-pack items. Before we get to that I need to make sure your paperwork is in order. Mm-hmm. Can I see your passport with, mm. I, with ID. Right. If you think I'm going to bring my passport to show you, you are absolutely bonkers, um, which is shorthand for I couldn't find it this morning. Yeah. But I've brought you something equally important. A travel document. A travel document. This is a travel document. Now, my passport is Irish, so that's something that you perhaps wouldn't have expected because I was born in Dublin. Right. Um, so I would have been handing you a little blue European So have you got Irish parents? But... Uh, no, my parents were living there and Dublin is my place of birth. And I've ended up with an Irishman and we and now have three Irish children, so... 
lot of, lot of Irish trees. But, but what I'm passing you is a very important document. Yes. Um, that is my pass to the NEC Campion Caravanning uh, exhibition because I am president of the Campion Caravanning Club. Um, and you can see that. Look, there's the proof. There's the lanyard that proves yes. this is official. I've tr- fl- flown around the world. I can get through pa- um, passport yeah. control with this. That'll get you into Dubai, no problem. No sweat. <laughs> and uh, have you been camping and caravanning all over the world? Yeah, I've camped all over the world. Um, Iceland was interesting mm-hmm. because I did uh, a long walking trail there called the Landmannalaugar Trail, which is just gorgeous. Quite, um, quite. Uh, it's not. It's not a beginner's walk. I'll put it that way. It's a good trek. You meet people from all around the world, and we did a bit of bivouacking on the base was of volcanoes. And it was mixed. We had warm weather. I, I, I swam in hot, uh, hot streams. Um, we walked for one day. We walked seventeen k through driving sleet and rain. Um, and then we got to a, this green, lush, verdant valley where we stayed in these sort of lovely lodges. Iceland is one of the most geologically active places on Earth, and it's fascinating. And what I love about Iceland is I could come back on this show next year, and having been to Iceland, Iceland would have changed again because there'll have been another volcanic eruption. Um, so there's a lot of seismic change going on. That is quite literally why Mum went to Iceland. <laughs> What is your first must-pack item? Okay, um, my first must-pack item is going to be... Hang on a minute. So I'll describe it to the listeners. It's sort of like some Star Wars-esque plastic sheath around... Silicon. Silicon. So that's food-grade silicon. You're, you're into your health, and it's glass. One of the, there are a few things that I like to avoid on holiday. Using plastic bottles, because it's bad for the environment, but it's also really bad for your health. Plastic bottles, especially when they're heated up, um, they release toxins into your body and your bloodstream, which are called endocrine, endocrine disruptors. They basically mess up your hormones. I've just made a documentary about its effect on men's sperm count. Well, men's sperm count, women's hormones. Um, and interestingly enough, I did a story on Countryfile many years ago otters penis bones as well yeah. smaller yeah. Um, yeah. that's so, why it affects men so yeah so I, I mean, tr- that was my nickname at school otters penis <laughs> the, the, oh, no let's not go there um, <laughs> so what you can see here for people who can't watch us is my glass uh, refillable bottle mm. what's in it with the food crates those are my electrolytes that I carry around but this little bit here is the little filter section yep. which you um, you drop into the top and wherever you are you can use it for um, I'm not sure if I'd use this for the river beds no it's not like you could up the tap- amazon but you could use it for tap water in whatever country Wait a you're minute. in you could use that in tap water and you wouldn't get food poisoning from the tap water yeah because this little beads that all these little beads in this little sack they um filter out all of the baddies for you omg so because you know go. that stress of we're running out of bottled water yeah. and it's plastic as and well it's plastic. Which we know. well i don't that's the other thing whenever i'm wherever i'm away i always try and locate glass water yeah. bottles because the plastic the other thing that you don't know about the plastic water bottles when you're abroad is how they've been stored and mostly if you're in a hot place they're sitting outside the supermarket yeah. being baked in the sun which means that the leaching is happening even more yeah. so they're even worse i for didn't realize it could affect a sperm cancer it has like an estrogenic effect on a man body yeah. literally tells your body gives not to make mo- sperm. It gives you moobs as well. So all we did was the three of us that did it just not have plastic for two. It increased sperm count by 100%. It's mad, isn't it? And we've got, we're, we're all faced with environmental toxins like this every day with all sorts of things. So I, my, my tip to people travelling and not travelling is ditch the plastic and also um, microwave meals in plastic trays and any of those ready meals in plastic trays that you then put straight into the oven. I mean, it's bad news for Essex. A lot of us will have to get our faces removed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, yeah, and other parts. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's food grade silicon. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> like 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 the like the sheath on my glass water bottle. Now let's get to know your travel personality a bit. Mm-hmm. You said before that your perfect holiday has changed over the years. How has your idea of a perfect holiday changed? What's your perfect sort of trip now? Well, now my perfect trip is something that obviously involves my children. I've got uh, three children. I've got twin girls who are eight and a boy who's 11. And... <laughs> so a survival holiday then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love my holidays with my children. They are the most important memory-making times mm. for me where I can genuinely switch off from work and really, really concentrate on my children and time with them. And, and <laughs> it's not that I don't listen to them when we're at home and I don't give them attention when we're at home but it's very different when you're on holiday isn't it so um, family holidays have now become very very special and I've been through that period where I travelled on my own a lot for work and it's it's just about different stuff isn't it Um, and now it is are the kids going to have a good time is there enough for the kids to do Um, and what can we do together here, here. Um, now, your travel to Greece is in your DNA, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that figuratively. I mean it literally. Mm. Your mother's Greek, yeah. right? So, um, did you spend any time there when you were growing up? Was it part yeah, of your childhood? Yeah, yeah. So, my grandmother, my my yaya, um, she ended up it's got a slightly bizarre story because. <laughs> She lived in Wales. She was my 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 great grandparents came over from the island of Chios a hundred odd years ago, and they ended up in in Cardiff. Wow. So my grandmother was. I, mean, I love Cardiff, but come on. I know Chios, Cardiff. <laughs> come on. Um, so my grandmother was born in Cardiff, but after. I think it's after husband number two. She married a few times. Right. Um, I had a nun like that. Yeah. After, um, I think it was husband number three, <laughs> she fell in love and he was Greek and he worked oh. on boats. He was a, he was an engineer or something on uh, on boats. And um, she fell in love with him, Yorgo, and she went back to Greece with him. My mother was a, was an adult by this stage. So, um, so Yai Mary went off to Greece with her lover, lover man, um, and they married. And then the rest of her years, she died three years ago at the age of 103. Wow. And she was there from about the age of 40. So 40 plus till, till the end of time, living with Yorgo. Just on a little, they had a tiny little like bungalow place with, um, it had a shipping container. Container, but it wasn't one of those shipping containers that somebody like Max McMurdo on one of those makeover shows would make up. It literally was a shipping container just full of rubbish. And they're, they're, those were their two dwellings on their little patch of land. There's something about Greece, isn't it? Life-giving. It's got like these blue zones. It seems to have mm. this magical air, health-giving areas. What, what, What is it that people love about Greece so much, particularly Brits? What do you think it is? Is it the food, the climate, the scenery, or a bit of both? Or... Well, I did a series, actually, yeah, a two series. The Greek uh, two, Islands. The Greek Islands. And um, I went with my mum and we went back to Chios. And then I went to uh, about 12 other islands. And there's something about each of the islands that makes them unique. So they do all have their own cultures. They'll have some little food parcel or something that they do that is unique to um, whether it's Santorini or Skopelos or uh, or, or um, um, Spetsis. There, there's something unique uh, to food-wise to that island. But what is absolutely ubiquitous is that on the beaches you will always find the full deck of cards. You will have young children, you will have families, you will have teenagers, and you will always, always have the yayas and the papus. The older generation go for a swim most days. They come on their bikes or their scooters 
uh, however they're getting around and they're still doing it up into their 70s, 80s, 90s with their shopping bags of food on the on the front of the handlebars or uh, propped up in the basket. And they all come to the beach and they meet their friends and they bob in the sea. And you're all there together. And it's not like being in like Saint-Tropez or, you know, or some fancy Miami beach or anything like that, where it's all about beautiful people and beautiful bodies. There's a real sense of community. And I think that that interconnectedness between the young and the old is so important. And it's something that we've lost. And that is something that Greece has. And I think that's why people enjoy going to Greece. And the hospitality is incredible. And people talk a lot about biohacking and life extension and health. Mm. And I'm obsessed with it, as as are you. It seems like we share a lot of interest but they always seem to forget the importance of the social aspect when it comes to health promotion and life there's there is a lot of evidence that cultures abroad where they older people socialize more yeah that that's probably a little bit even if not more important than feta cheese olive oil and daily exercise is at least as important well, that's definitely been 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 borne out, hasn't it, in studies of the the blue zones around the world? Yeah. So yeah. So when we when when we say blue zone, just to clarify what we mean, it's an area of the world where people must continually make a hundred years old mysteriously because we don't we don't fully know. We can speculate. Yeah. And there are five countries in the world: Japan and Greece, Costa Rica, California, and come on, you're going to come up with number five because I've had a I've had a blank. But there are five places in the world that are known blue zones, and there is quite a lot made about the diet, but. But now there's also, when you deep dive into blue zones, they talk actually, the the centenarians, the people that live to be over 100, they aren't just the general population. It's not the whole of Costa Rica. it's, It's a section of Costa Rica or it's a small section of Greece. And now I think what they've drilled down to is they think that it's mostly... Mountain dwellers, yeah, and it's those that live amongst amongst the, the sheep, um, and that they eat they eat goats' cheese or sheep's cheese, well, whatever well, their herd the is. The well should be immortal, then. Yeah, <laughs> and it, that's what it's to do with. So it's to do with their hardy existence, the outdoor life, some of the foods that they're eating. But what we should also remember is, as, as we evolve, you c- it doesn't work to just go. Oh, we need to eat the same way as the people in Japan and the blue zone because they've evolved with that diet. So it's it's not quite as simple either. No are saying you eat the Mediterranean diet and you're going to live to be 100 because evolution has is, is playing its role as well on what we like as individuals as, and how we react to food and nutrients. Sardinia might be the other one. So yes, you, it if, is Sardinia. If you're looking well, at done. if you're looking at like these places, um, what they've got in common as well is, is being islands or mountains, as you said. And if you think about... The other thing to measure, I think, is not just whether people live to 100, is when the gap between men and women's mortality narrows. So mm-hmm. in countries like ours, where men can quite easily sit in the smelly chair moaning uh, about Brexit in the, or, or lack of it in the corner. Men will do that. Men's default gear is miserable, sit on their own, talk to no one, die in a chair. Yeah, I'm programmed for it, just like my dad was before me. But if you're living on the side of a mountain where you can't be a miserable old sod because your granddaughter, your grandniece and your cousin, everyone's coming in and dragging you for your local swim or bike ride every day, you're sort of that social isolation is removed by force or by geographical quirk. Yeah. All, all your activity levels, it might not be as social as you're saying, but you've got sheep to look after or goats Indeed. to look after. You've got a sense of purpose, that ikikai, which they call in Japan, having a sense of purpose. If I had to push you for your favourite Greek island, which would it be? Oh, God. And in fact, there was just a quite a controversial chart out the other week. I think it was in one of the newspapers. And where, Sk- what, Skiathos what? was up there, oh, well, I, near I, the top. I mean, I've had one of the most, was... several of the most magical experiences of my life in Skiathos with some 
fishermen friends of mine. Um, uh, these boys are incredible. And I, I, I f- you have to clean that story up pretty quickly, Duke. <laughs> I filmed with them for the series on their old style fishing boat. Um, hello. And I said, I'm going to bring my family back here. And I took my family back there and they all just said, oh, my God, they've never experienced anything like yeah, it. I keep because about it was, skiath or skiath it was pure and it was uh, it was because oh, that Santorini and Cos steal the headlines, but it's there's some. Well, other... Santorini and the Mykonos and the Cos, yes, they do all the headlines. And for me, it would be, it would be either Chios because that's where uh, my family is from. It would be Skiathos because you can go to Skopelos very easily, and the yeah. waters are so beautiful there. And it would also be Spetsis because I have friends in Spetsis, and it's a place that became, uh, I became very attached to uh, when I was trying to fall pregnant via IVF with my girls, and actually it's where I found out I was pregnant, and it was the last time the last chance I had at falling pregnant and that was the location wow. that I found so my girls that is emotionally got, charged they've got little t-shirts that say made in Spetsis <laughs> they weren't quite made in Spetsis the, the dream was made in Spetsis <laughs> I don't know if I would want to get made in travel lodge on Minna's t-shirt Okay, while I'm drizzling this olive oil on feta and thinking about the social connections I'm going mm, to make. Your polyphenols are high, high. in the they're, olive oil. They're, I love the it. The amount of bloody coffee I drink and polyphenol I infinitive. Hope you, I hope you're putting MCT oil in that. I do sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is your second item? Nestling. So my second item, because oh, I thought that this would, uh, this would uh, lead to lots of interesting topics. So I have a pair of flip-flops in my hand. They're not just ordinary flip-flops. These are grounding flip-flops. Now, they look like ordinary flip-flops. Tell me why they're... Oh, hello. hello. You're earthing yourself. I'm earthing myself. So people often say, and I do... When I'm giving talks, I, I mention this. People say, oh, you know, I feel so much better when I'm on holiday. And, of course, you're getting away from your, your everyday stresses, so that's number one. And you're in daylight for much longer. That's number two. And you're generally barefoot in the sand, or you're swimming in the sea. So you're earthing. Earthing is really important for us and it's something that we all did every day of our lives when we were cave dwellers. And now that we wear our rubber-soled shoes mm. and we're very, uh, you know, we're not walking around barefoot as often as we used to, um, I genuinely believe that that, as I said, is one of, the, one of the many reasons why we feel so much better on holiday. So I have these earthing flip-flops. So when I'm not uh, walking barefoot on the beach, um, I'm still earthing that and connecting. To earth. And I use them all the time. I use them in my garden. And they're great during the winter time when you... Um, it's a bit muddy and a bit cold and you're like, OK, I'm, I can't quite face or I haven't got time to wash the mud off my feet, which I don't mind doing as well. So these are an essential and I love these. I love that. And yeah, they've got a special little panel that keeps yep. me grounded. I'm going to ask possibly the sexiest question any man's ever Go asked. On. Can you get them with an orthotic foot arch support? Oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> because but, I've, but, this is the reason I have to be in bloody shoes the whole time. My feet, my feet are flat as pancakes. Well, you need to read my book, Walk Yourself Happy, because there's a whole chapter on feet and how you can exercise your feet and how can you I can... get my arches back? Yeah, you can get like your arches Phil, like back. Like Phil Mitchell. You can. You can get your arches back, love. Um, and uh, you can do it with exercise. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll have to look into that. Bloody hell. Changing lives here. Mm. Now, the, the UK is famed for its countryside. We've got some of the best countryside on earth. Mm. But do you remember the first time you saw countryside outside the UK that you wanted to walk? Where would it oh, be? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to give you an exemption and not to not mention Greece in your next I answer. won't mention Greece in my next answer. So, the other country that I'm utterly in love with is South Africa. 
um, I made friends with a group of South Africans in London in my 20s and we have stayed friends throughout our lives. What that has meant is that I have visited South Africa a lot and I went in my early 20s to South Africa and I fell in love with the landscapes. Are and we with talking the, Cape Town? With the pink where, um, I went everywhere. I mean, I travelled across South Africa. Where's your favourite so, part? So Cape Town, the Kalahari, the bush, even parts of Johannesburg. Um, there's a the East Coast, an area called, there's a tiny little place called Fleas Bay, which is like very local. It's, you know, the, um, uh, uh, Muscle Bay, the Garden Route. I mean, Drakensberg Mountain Range. I've been to all of these places in Africa and I have walked in them all. And it is breathtaking and it's such a vibrant country and it is very troubled and it has been troubled since I've been going there everyone goes oh aren't you worried about it I mean you know unfortunately there are many troubled places in the world um, and uh, you can participate you can try and do your bit while you're traveling to be a responsible tourist um, and I've been involved in projects in South Africa to try and uh, to try and help through some of some of those some of those issues but from a, a landscape perspective it's really one of my favorite places to walk so I just wanted to ask you about the mental health aspect of walking as well because I know it, we all have mental health mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that sometimes we have mental ill health as well but everyone has a level of mental health to maintain and I know positive spin on it first of all some of my best ideas some of my most insightful moments sometimes I would have resolved a problem in a relationship and thought that's what we should say and come back it's always when I'm doing something like walking well you and Nietzsche and Wordsworth and how many other countless philosophers and great thinkers Einstein was a massive walker what a list to be included exactly (laughs) and you (laughs) but on the other end when you when maybe things aren't so positive it can be helpful then as well can't it with mental health with Uh, working through things. We know from many uh, trials and and studies that have happened around the world now that daily walking, exposure to green spaces, 120 minutes a week is, 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 that's it, that's two hours across the week, doesn't matter whether you take it consecutively or not. We know that that has a profound impact on mental health. We know that after 120 minutes a week, people... Um, report back that they are feeling mentally more resilient, happier, and stronger. This is the data that is out there. It's absolutely so, so walking. This, is, this isn't like an advert for walking. We've not really spoken about walking holidays on, on this on Pack Your Bags, but they, they, you know there is an argument for having one walking holiday a year. I, where I mean, you're absolutely I, in nature. I, we go back to Greece. I did a walking. I wanted to show Santorini in a different way when I was recording the the series. So I did a walking tour around Santorini, yeah. um, and it was beautiful. Beautiful. And we ended up looking at the beautiful Santorini sunset. But yeah, walking holidays are brilliant. That's why camping is so brilliant as well. Um, something like 90% of, of campers enjoy more outdoor activities, light walking or, or nature watching, bird watching. I'll tell you what I'd like to know the answer to. Okay. There's, there's going to be people listening to this that are like, well, I don't like walking. I'll get tired real easy. If I, if you were going to send some someone like me, who's not done as many walking holidays as they should, to a beginner's one where would you send me? So you're probably not going to send me to Iceland or hiking through South Africa. No. A nice beginner's walking holiday. I want to get on an aeroplane. I want to leave the UK. Where would you send me? Okay, if you're not going too far, I would say somewhere like Portugal. There we go. Portugal, I've never heard about Portugal. Morgan. Portugal Tell me more. Um, has got uh, just some beautiful national parks and lovely areas. It's it's very verdant parts of it, and uh, you've also got the Atlantic coast. So the surfers are attracted to Portugal, and where surfers go, I think generally that that's, those those are pretty good spots. Didn't you make a series there called Ten K Holiday? I did. Home? Well done, you. Look at that. It's Dennis' <laughs> research, hasn't he? My Ten K Holiday Home. I bought 
bought a house in Portugal for uh, seven thousand euros. Wow, it, that's what it cost seven thousand eight hundred euros. And then I did it up, and it was meant to come in at under ten k, and we came in at eleven thousand something like eleven thousand two hundred euros. I think it was tiny. It was the basically it's the size of your booth here, except there was another floor. Um, and I did it up with my friend Max McMurdo. He helped me, so that helped cut the budget uh, a little bit and stay within budget. And it was yeah, it was lovely. And I. It was um, uh, close to a national park and it was this little cobblestone village. Um, with Portugal, though, people, it's one of those countries that suffers with, oh, you mean Algarve? And you're like, well, actually, no, no. there's Lisbon, there's this, there's and that. No, and there's the whole of the interior um, and, and sort of like the border with Spain. Uh, no, there's so much uh, to explore in Portugal. Why don't we dip into your bag for your third item? Oh, um, what am I going to do now? OK, this is going to be a bit schmaltzy. Right, um, I, I brought more than three, by the way. I've got my I've got my workout bands. I've got my little heart shaped pillow, which I carry with me since I since I had breast cancer. I've got my I've got my crystals. I brought so much. It's so but, bizarre because I have like resistance bands. Yeah, that's what I've got. Pills. Look, my little, I've got my resistance bands. <laughs> that's crazy. But nobody else could have what I have in my hand oh, here. What is this? Because these are little love letters from my children. I'm gonna get emotional now, aren't I? So whenever I go answer. away on my own, uh, if I'm filming and everything else. I ask the children to make me a little card um, or to make me something that I can remember them, you know, that I can just say goodnight to every day. So, look, this is a tiny little panda that my girl um, oh, Zena made. That oh, is heartbreaking. Look at that little... And she's given me a little heart saying, I love you, Mum. And then she's put it into a little heart-shaped envelope. So I always... She goes, have you got my letter by the bed, Mum? I go, yes, I have, oh. darling. Um, yeah. I don't even. I don't quite know what that is. That looks quite interesting, doesn't it? That is the sweetest thing. But it's lovely because we can all look at our pictures on our phone these days. And then there's little. There's a little uh, letter from um, one of my girls for Valentine's Day, and she says love from Betty because her nickname's Betty. She's actually called Xanthi, but she's put in brackets there Xanthi really, just in case. <laughs> just in case, just in case I get out. that wrong. Yeah. I think that's the sweetest thing. I'm so at the edge with homesickness. I probably oh. shouldn't explore that item any further. Oh before I start sobbing into the mic. So before we finish up with our quick fire section, I wanted to talk to you about your magical trip to Mauritius mm. in 2022, which followed your breast cancer diagnosis and mastectomy. You've spoken about how much this trip meant to you after such a tough period. And how did it shape your approach to the trip? Were you nervous about going? Did you have any trepidation? Or was it like the end of a battle and you were relieved? I mean, talk oh, me through it. I wasn't nervous about it. Uh, um, we stayed at the uh, Wali Resort in Mauritius and they treated us like kings and queens. They were they were really lovely and very, very kind to us. Um, it was the first trip, as you rightly said, since uh, after the mastectomy. And I can only say that when you have been diagnosed with something like cancer, which um, is a deadly disease, it just changes your whole perspective on life. It really does. It changes your outlook. And I, this might sound a little bit maudlin, and I don't think and feel like this every day, but there is there is a part of you that goes, is this going to be one of the last experiences I have with my children? Wow. Is, you know... It, and your children are so young yeah, as well. Yeah, you, you do... And you have to package those thoughts away, I think, because I genuinely believe in the power of positivity and that you can um, control the vibrations of your of your body through your thoughts and that you want to you want to be as positive as possible and I start every day as I said with my breath work and my daylight and my gratitude practice and my my positive affirmations um, but but you are you become very very sensitive or I certainly have become very very sensitive so it was an incredibly special holiday it was very very magical 
uh, because on the day that I was told I had cancer, I didn't know what was coming next. I certainly didn't in my wildest dreams think I'd be going on a sunshine holiday with my beautiful family um, and sitting on a beach and being able to share those moments and those precious, that precious time with them. So that's it will always remain a, a very special place. And we did have a, a life affirming memory for all of us because on our last day, um, the hotel team said, "Oh, we've got we've got a special trip for you. You're going to go on a boat with the with the local fishermen, and we think you know you, there's a really high chance that you'll see dolphins." Well, we went out on this boat, and I don't know what was going on. I really should have been reading my moon tide uh, chart <laughs> that day. It was so choppy. I mean, I don't just mean there were a few waves. We were literally launched into the sky. Yeah, I've not, in this survived, tiny I've not survived this year to be shattered in a boat. And then we were like, <laughs> damn. And one of my girls is really adventurous, and you could see it. She was like, Woo! And she really didn't understand that it was quite, it was, I yeah. think it was verging on, are we coming home? <laughs> um, but anyway, we did make it. And these incredible spinner dolphins suddenly just surrounded the boat. And there were hundreds of them. Wow. And they were jumping out and they were playing with us and they were spinning and they were spinning. And then as we all looked to the left, is that starboard or the other way? Um, as we all looked to the left, this little, uh, a calf, a, 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 you know, a, um, a baby dolphin, not not the technical term, um, made a jump and spun right next to us and did a little. It was like a just it was a baby dolphin doing a spin, and we were just like all just like tears springing into our eyes. And as we were surrounded by these dolphins, and I sort of yeah just held my children's hands and went, okay, well that's this is this is one to remember forever. Bloody hell, that's how you do a travel story, listeners. <laughs> when you're trying to tell one down the pub. Um, how do you go about choosing where you're going to go next? Because it must be a nightmare being married to you. If I wanted to suggest a holiday destination, been there, bother. done there, know it, know the person, know the person who owns the hotel. I mean, how do you how do you so find we, somewhere to go? Well, there's actually children like um, familiar places, don't they? Yeah. So we go back to Spetsis a lot, which is one of our favourite islands. As I said, we've got friends there, um, Zoe and Manoli and their gorgeous family that my friend Jane introduced us to. So we go there a lot. Not because I mean I mean I hope I'm not I'm I don't want to offend Spetsis, but not because it's the most beautiful of the Greek islands, but because it's it's a really special island. It's small. There are no cars. Um, there are horses and um, carts everywhere, and there's this little beach that is nothing to write home about. But it's the local beach where all the yayas and the papus come and swim, and and it's just the kids know it. We know we know the lady who's got the ice cream shop. We know the guy who's got the souvlaki uh, place called souvlaki. Um, that was a short brainstorm. You know, it's just so that's how you choose it. But is so, it ch- child-led sort of thing, it's, child-centered. It's child-led, but then there will be times I. I would really like and I'm it's 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 swirling around my head at the moment that I want to take the whole family on a big life changing adventure to somewhere like a, a Costa Rica or a Mexico to really go and do something very, very special and to take some proper time out and really experience a different way of life and do something for the children and for us that changes the path of our travel. Why pick Costa Rica and Mexico? Have you been? To, well, I already know the answer. <laughs> I have. I've been to both. I, uh, of the two, I probably know Costa Rica more because I've been uh, more often to Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica for this reason. Um, 20 odd years ago, they decided to halt deforestation and to stop spending money on um, on their army, on, on their, um, what's the word? 
Military. Military. Thank you. Cost that's not even a big word. (laughs) Struggling now. The oxygen in the booth is just We just complete each other's sentences that way. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And they put all of it into the eco-economy and to reforestation. Because responsible tourism is something you're passionate about as well, isn't it? Yeah. I really think that as travellers, we do have a responsibility to give something back to the destinations that we go to. And I could be slightly wrong on the statistic, but it goes something like this. For every $100 uh, that you spend in a country, less than 14% stays in the country. So to seek out charities um, and local enterprises that you can support with your tourism is is really important. So if you are going on a package holiday, um, try and get out of the hotel, you know, try and explore more, try and explore more about the culture, really try to put something back into that economy, the local economy and that local culture and don't leave mess behind. I mean, when I travel, if I've got, say, a device that needs batteries, I'll take the batteries back with me because you don't know how they're going to be recycled necessarily in in some countries there isn't a a battery recycling program they don't recycle their plastic because by the way we've been shipping them our plastic for however long and and now they're all all their waterways and and uh, streets are polluted by the plastic that we've created so you have to think a little bit I think uh, as a tourist now and I think that is our responsibility if you're privileged enough to be able to travel then um, think about where you're going and it is a privilege to be able to travel but as Mark Twain said it is travel is fatal to bigotry and it broadens our horizons mm, I love that. and really allows us to um, broaden ourselves. So be educated and learn from your travels. Indeed. And what about, just quickly about Mexico, what is it that appeals about going there? Um, there's a, I've got a friend again in Mexico and she's told me about a certain area. I'm not going to mention it yet, but she said it's very community driven. The food is local. There are lots of projects potentially that I could get involved in. I'd like to go and do something for a charity um, uh, in one of these locations. There's lots to do in somewhere like Costa Rica. You can help with so many of their wildlife, nature programs. And the same, same with Mexico. There's some incredible projects going on there. Uh, and and I could get involved, but the family could get involved as well. It's time for the quick fire round. I'm girding my loins. Yes, please do. Um, They're girded. I can tell. Um, <laughs> now, some of these are quite psychologically revealing. <laughs> this first one, definitely. Mm. Last minute trip or planned in advance? Planned in advance. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't tell with you because I thought you might have really evolved to be able to just do things instantly because the producer has told you to. So. I love the spontaneity. I mean, I do. If somebody said, picked up the phone, a friend said, come on, we're going on a retreat to so-and-so tomorrow, I'd be like, yes, I'm there. But with a family, you can't really do no, that. No, no. It's all about the school holidays. And also now, like you, I have a mountain of supplements that I have to go. It takes me two days to get my supplements sorted oh for God. a trip. Do you know when I'm packing my case? Look. because of, Look, I've even come today with a little three-pack. I, I have, they, they saw me at lunch like, before we came in here. I have to like pick from each individual yeah. pot to make my morning yeah. back. Yes, and your afternoon patch and your evening patch. Someone who understands my pain. It's it's agony. Well, I think I know the answer to the next one then. Set the itinerary or go with the flow. I like it when somebody else sets the itinerary. I, I do, do like going. Well, I feel ashamed for admitting that like, there's something wrong no, with me. No, I like that. And also, you do get a bit you get a bit spoiled as a presenter because the itinerary is always set for Indeed. you. There's a call sheet, and they just say turn up here, and you do, and then everything is sorted for the day. And then I go on holiday. I'm like. Well, who's going to sort all this out yeah, there? Who's bringing my croissant? Yeah. Uh, Favourite beach destination? I'm going to go Greece, of course. 
We have to pick a beach then. Oh, that's actually my little special beach in Spetses. Uh, sun, snow or city break? It would definitely be sun or snow, not city anymore. If you'd asked me 25 years ago, I might have gone city. But now it's all about the nature, the landscapes, the mountains, the, the rivers, whatever it is. Get me nature. Favourite city? I haven't been for 100 years, so I'm going to say New York because the food has always been phenomenal. And I think they've had a real uh, renaissance of food and they've gone really hot on the healthy stuff. Um Talking of that, top destination for food. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Australia. I did a series in Australia. The Australians love their local produce. They've got a lot of really um, adventurous chefs. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, even you go to a national park, so the equivalent of an, the, the National Trust, and the National Trust does good food, by the way, so let's go somewhere else. But you go to a national park and the food is amazing. They've got some guy who's just making you the most incredible salads with seeds and avos and it's not like you know a sandwich and a can of pop thanks uh land or sea well um coastal wise you sleep better when you're uh when you're on a coastal vibe and you do Uh, the national trust did some research showing that you sleep for an extra 40 minutes if you have a coastal walk Mm. so let's go coast i mean i'll probably you know ask me again next year and i'll change my mind best destination for winter sun that, now, this is my favourite question because I, a, a comedian is my primary job. Mm-hmm. Not, and really? So, so my, Are you funny sometimes? <laughs> so my, fav, my time to get away when no one's interested in me is early January right. or towards the end of December when all the Christmas parties are finished. Where's the best place for heat, in uh, your opinion? Well, in my opinion, um, I'm going to take you back to two places that we've already mentioned, but this is the very good reason why they're two excellent winter sun destinations. But South Africa and Mauritius time difference very very small yeah well no time difference at all virtually it's, it's 12, an hour 12 hour hours. flight and you're, you're... yeah 12 hour flight maybe an hour or two hours and if you get so a night no... flight you don't lose a night of your holiday that's right so no jet lag and absolutely stunning great mm, weather good tip good tip uh can you recommend a hidden gem i mean i don't think you are because you know you wouldn't even tell us about the new place no, in mexico I'm, your friend you'll, you'll have to kill me yeah exactly your gems are staying hidden your favorite travel companion My children yep come on I won't be cruel and say say companion. <laughs> pick a twin, uh, lay in or early start. I would pick between three, not just a twin. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I probably yeah, should. Have... Yes, all three children were included in the shortlist. Just to make... <laughs> and my partner. But there can be only one winner. No, lay in or early start. Well, it always used to be a lie-in, but now it'd be early start to get the daylight in my eyes and get get things rocking and rolling. But can you change that? Genetically, there's no evidence that you can't. You're either you're either a lark yeah. or you're a or you're an, a so night I'm, owl. I'm impressed that you've trained yourself. To... But what you can do is train yourself to go to bed at a certain time and get. If once you start getting that daylight at the same time every morning, you do actually change your clock. So you can do it. Now, I'm still not. I will never be 100% firing on all cylinders. So if I've got lots of pieces to camera, lots of filming to do in the morning, I'm going to be slower. I can, so that is just me. I definitely am. After 11 o'clock, I'm much, much better at everything. But I can wake up early, do my daylight thing, do my breath work, and then go back to bed and have a bit of a slob. Mm. That's nice. 
I'm down with that. Ultimate bucket list destination. Somewhere you've not been, you're thinking, I'm going to go there. Now, this list has got to be tiny for you. What is it, space with Jeff Bezos? Actually, that would be great. I'm, I worked <laughs> I worked with Tim Peake uh, a few weeks ago, and he was very, very inspirational. So, yeah, let's go to space with Tim Peake. <laughs> International Space Station. Uh, you're the one guest who gets a pass on bucket list destination because you've bloody been everywhere. Oh, Julia Bradbury, it's been amazing, emotional, interesting, engaging, biologically changing. If you are listening, guys, <laughs> what's coming up next? So my book, Walk Yourself Happy, is coming out imminently. So uh, obviously I want people to uh, to buy that, please. And I've got a new series in Ireland coming up for Channel Ooh. 4. Uh, I was born in Ireland, as I mentioned earlier, and it's me going on a little a trip down memory lane, but also going to explore what is Ireland like now with all of the changes, um, 21st century Ireland, incredible landscapes, incredible food, very wedded to their culture as well. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, that's it. Thank you very much uh, for joining us for this episode of Pack Your Bags with Tui Julia. Thank you so much. Uh, if you enjoyed this chat, why not share it with a friend or leave a review? We'll be back next Wednesday. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's our last episode of the series with the one and only Sue Perkins. You're not going to want to miss that. Bye. Feeling inspired to explore the natural world, you can live happy touring the lush rainforests of Costa Rica or enjoying the epic views of South Africa. Head to tui.co.uk to find the perfect travel experience for you. Pack Your Bags was brought to you by Tui and produced by Chalk and Blade.